this verse the other day, uh, and this is in, in uh, James. Uh, and James says, in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And uh, I wanted to read that same verse uh, in the Amplified. Uh, it says, uh, uh, verse 2, Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Uh, and of course, this verse has probably caused a lot more grief than people's lives, you know, over the years, just by, by it being in the, in the Bible, right? Because it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, or another, another translation, when you fall into uh, various trials. Uh, it doesn't say, count it all joy when everything is full of joy. Amen? Uh, and, you know, uh, uh, what I have observed over the, over the years is that many times we are happy when we are perfectly happy. You ever notice that? Right. Yeah. That, I know it's kind of an obvious statement there. Uh, but when we're not happy, you know, we're just not happy. Uh, and when things around us aren't happy, then we're not happy. But uh, James says uh, he didn't say it is joy. Right. Because sometimes in the church we get these weird attitudes. Oh, I'm glad, you know, that this terrible thing's going on. Uh, we don't say dumb things like that because that doesn't make any sense. But in the midst of that thing, uh, in that situation, we can count it as joy. And why do we count it as joy? Because the Lord has the answer for everything. And that's why we count it as joy. Amen. Uh, and he goes on, you know, we're not going to read the rest of the verses there, but if you read the rest, of it, he gives some more insight into that er area. Uh, but the Lord said, count it joy, not when everything is perfect, because there's no need to count it joy. It is joy when everything's perfect. Aren't you full of joy when everything's perfect? When everybody loves you and all the kids are behaving, when, you know, the in-laws are behaving uh, and the gas is cheap, right? The food is cheap and there's no lines at, at the grocery store and all the lights are green. Uh, it's easy to count it on, count it on joy because it is joy, right? It's, it's a wonderful time. Uh, but then sometimes things happen, right? Uh, people aren't kind to you. Uh, all the lights are red in Dayton, you know, which means it takes an hour to get from the north part of Dayton to the south part of Dayton, right? Uh, and um, in fact, Dora said, we got to turn it at light six. I know there's more than six lights from me to that light there, you know? Uh, and it's because it's seven and seven A, seven B, seven Z, all the way, you know, and uh, seven dash four. And so, uh, uh, I mean, Dayton has never met a road it doesn't like to put a red light on. But um, uh, but he said, count it joy. Yeah. So it doesn't. It's not joy. You're not saying that that thing is a joyful experience. But you're going to choose to count it as joy for you because uh, the thing is, if that situation is there, it's there, and you can either be happy and it's there, or you can not be happy and it's still there. Yeah. And so uh, the thing is, uh, the nice thing about this verse is what it tells me is I get to choose. Say, I'm not unhappy because of the situations. Uh, I choose to be full of joy regardless of the circumstances. Uh, and the nice thing is I don't have to be a victim then of my circumstances. If, if the boss isn't nice to me, uh, then I can still count it joy. Uh, if my, if, if my, uh, my gas tank is empty, I can still count it joy. Uh, if the coverage, I can still count it joy. Amen. Because the Lord is my provider. And if he really is my provider, he will make a way. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so uh, the times when you need to count it joy is when it, there's not joy. Uh, when there is joy, there's not necessary to count it joy because you're already there. Right. I know that's kind of an obvious statement, but uh, sometimes, you know, we don't like to count it joy. You know, well, I want everything to be nice. Well, well don't we all. Right. Yeah. But that's not the reality we live in. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so the nice thing is in the midst of these difficulties and situations that everybody's going to go through, you know, you can count it joy. Because, it, because your attitude and, 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 and being unhappy, it doesn't change anything, right? Or your worry, your fretting, it doesn't change the circumstance at all. The circumstance is still there. So you can be uh, full of joy in the circumstance, 
or you cannot be full of joy but still be in the same circumstance. So which one sounds better to you? Sounds better to me to be full, to count it joy, amen? Uh, and so, uh, and what happens oftentimes when you do that, people will look at you like, well, you're just not even smart enough to know that you should worry, you know? <laughs> and and uh, I know a lot of people, uh, it's amazing how many people really look at uh, my wife and I and, and think that we're just naive. Well, you just, you don't even know enough to worry. Mm. You know, they kind of act like that. Well, you don't even know enough that, uh, you know, you should be concerned about this. And, uh, I know all that I need to know. And, um, and, uh, probably know more than a lot of times people think that I know but uh, but see I can still be full of joy amen? amen I can be full of joy when things are good I can be and I can count it as full of joy when things are not so good amen uh, and to me that's a way better way to live amen, amen. Uh, and so what can we do we can we can count it all joy right so how much are we, are we gonna count as joy all, all of it right and so uh, and did he put any any footnotes in there, any any uh, loopholes in there that, well, don't count it joy uh, if uh, gas prices get over five dollars a gallon. Right. You know, well, then it, that's a limit right there. Right. So that, that's it. Right? No, there's no there's no limit to that. Amen. Uh, and so I, I like uh, I like it when the Lord says things like that, because that means I get to choose in every circumstance. I get to choose if I'm full of joy or I'm not full of joy. Amen. Uh, and uh, and, I, and I like having a choice, don't you? Uh, and so. Praise God. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute and we'll get into praise and worship. (laughs) (laughs) Father, you paid a great price. Father, an unlimited price, Father, for that name. And Father, you placed that name above every other name. And then, Father, you gave that name to your church that we can use the name of Jesus in every circumstance and trial, Father, to overcome and to obtain victory, Father. In every circumstance, Father, there is a path to victory. And Father, that path will go through the name of Jesus. Father, we as your church can live a life, Father, without defeat, without despair, Father. Father, we can overcome in every situation. And we thank you for that name, Father. The great name of Jesus. And Father, we give you all praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. And we thank him for watching over us each and every day. Amen. Um, well, let's open up our book. Uh, uh, keep looking for clocks there, you know. We may just have to add our own clock to this building here, right? So um, let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew. We'll get started there today. Uh, we've been talking about the Beatitudes. And um, um, there, there are nine blessings here that he talks about. Um, and um, let's see, uh, starting in verse three, and um, we're just going to go through those. Amen. And we'll see uh, <clears throat> after we get done with that, uh, if we'll continue on and, and talk about uh, the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I mean, the Sermon on the Mount, those three chapters, Jesus covers so much information uh, in those three chapters that it's really it's really a good uh, message from the Lord Jesus. And um, uh, in, a, in a lot of that uh, um, those discussions in those three chapters, the Lord is really trying to move us from the Old Testament into the New Testament. So there's a lot of transitionary type of uh, doctrine that he, that he gives us in the uh, Sermon on the Mount that would be to our advantage to, to look at. So, uh, but there's a lot of information in, in those three chapters there. So um, if we're okay spending, you know, the next uh, however long, you know, 
I mean, we could be there for a long time, right? So we'll see how it goes. Amen. Uh, and so here we are in um, uh, Matthew chapter 5, and we had read uh, uh, about uh, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn, uh, blessed are the meek. We talked about those. Uh, and then we're down here um, to uh, verse 6, where it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, and of course, um, in all of these things, uh, he gives us two promises, right? So the first promise is we're blessed, which is a generic promise. But that word blessed is all-encompassing, right? It's happy, full of joy, prosperous. Uh, things are good, amen? amen? And when you're blessed of the Lord, things are good, amen? amen. Uh, and so, uh, but uh, in all of these promises, just like, uh, in fact, I don't really know any promise that doesn't come with a prerequisite. There are things that we're required to do, amen? Uh, and this is just like the rest of them. So if we want to be blessed, then uh, what the, what's our responsibility in this verse? then we need to hunger and thirst. Amen. After what? After righteousness, right? So he's not just talking about being hungry for a cheeseburger or, or a corn dog or something, you know. Uh, and so uh, it says we have to hunger and thirst after righteousness. So, so who's responsible for doing that? Who's responsible for desiring righteousness? Uh, well, that's, that's us, right? So that should be good news because if we're responsible for it, that means we can do it. It means we can choose to do it or we can choose not to do it. So is God going to make us hunger and thirst after righteousness? No, well, you know, if he wants me to hunger, he can make me hunger. He never said he would make you hunger. He, he said uh, for you to choose to be hungry and thirst after righteousness. And if you'll do that, then you'll be filled. And, of course, uh, the word filled there, a lot of definitions for that. But, uh, but basically it means that you're going to be satisfied. So you ever, hung, you ever been hungry and then eat and then you're satisfied? Well, that's what it means. It means that you get the things that you're hungering for. And by obtaining that thing, whatever it is, you know, sometimes you're hungry for yeah, uh, you know, um, I don't know what people are hungry for. So, you know, sometimes Chris is hungry for vegetables, right? We'll go to a restaurant, you know, and they, and it may be the meat palace or something, and she'll still order, you know, uh, beans and greens, uh, and um, but that's what she's hungry for. And so, you know, uh, I don't care, uh, nothing to me, you know, uh, other than I think it's kind of weird. But you know, it, it's uh, besides that, it's fine, right? Because if she's hungering and thirsting after. You know, asparagus, which do, does anybody do that? Actually, yeah. uh, uh, do you like us? You know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen asparagus? I mean, it just looks like something you should mow. You know, it doesn't look like something you should eat. Uh, but anyway, so, but people do, people eat stuff like that, right? And then uh, turnip greens and collard greens, you know, people, like, yeah, you all like that. I, I'm, I'm speaking to the wrong crowd. You know, I need to go back up to New Hampshire to talk about, you know, stuff like that. Because we never ate any stuff like that uh, growing up in New Hampshire, you know. Of course, there are things that we ate that, uh, that uh, you guys probably wouldn't eat. My, one of my dad's favorite things was boiled prunes and white rice. And then you put, then you put brown sugar on top, of the, on top of the boiled prunes. And how in the world he thought that was a good thing, you know. Uh, I guess anything, he put enough brown sugar on it, you can eat it, right? But, um, uh, but he hungered and thirsted after uh, boiled prunes and brown, sh and brown sugar and rice, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know that is that is not uh, even now. It's you know after all these years, I I don't know. There's something. There's definitely uh, maybe he got maybe he tripped or something and fell and hit his head when he was a child or something. But uh, anyway, so uh, but uh, the nice thing in all of these verses, uh, just like we're, we're in the the fourth uh, the fourth blessing here, in all of these, uh, Jesus is telling us things that we are responsible to do. Amen. Uh, and so uh, as humble of course last week we talked about being meek uh, and meekness is a fruit of the spirit which results from a life of being humble and 
uh, one of the greatest ways you can learn to be humble, of course, being humble is not being humble to each other. It's always in relation to the Lord is, uh, Lord, you spoke it and I'll be glad to do it. That's really, you know, if you can learn to live that way, then that's really the ultimate in being a humble person is the Lord is greater than I am. I choose to follow whatever he says. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I ain't doing that. Well, you know, OK, fine. You, it's a choice, right? What do you miss out on? You miss out whatever this blessing is, right? You miss out on a blessing that would come from this. Uh, in, in that case of verse five, if you choose not to be humble and therefore end up being meek, then you miss out on inheriting, inheriting the earth, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we don't know, you know, he doesn't give us a lot of details, but I suspect that he means exactly what he says, which is usually obvious with the word, uh, what the Bible says, he means exactly what he says. So, you know, fast forward in the future, when everything is settled and we get a new heaven, a new earth, and, and uh, uh, it implies to me that he's going to be divvying up the earth to the, to, uh, the meek. Uh, and so if you have chosen to not be meek and to not humble yourself to the Lord, you know, you may be a tenant the rest of your life, right? And never actually own anything. Uh, and uh, I'll be glad to rent to you, right? You know, I may be, a, a, you know, I'll make you a good monthly payment on that, uh, on my part of the earth that I'm going to inherit, you know. Uh, but um, we don't have a lot of details, so to go, go much beyond that, you know, would be conjecture. But that it implies that there's going to be a transfer of ownership of the earth. And, and he didn't transfer the earth to Adam in the, Old, in the Old Testament, but he's going to transfer the earth uh, to the church in the future sometime. Uh, and so, uh, and it's not like he doesn't have a lot of planets. I mean, there's literally trillions of stars in the sky, right? So, um, uh, but we're going to get the earth at some point in time. Uh, but here, he said the, the hunger and thirst after righteousness. So, uh, you know, uh, to, uh, to, in order to do that, that's, that's our responsibility, amen? And, you know, you can always tell in your own heart, you know, uh, I got saved when I was 15, and, um, uh, you know, I, I grew up in New Hampshire. I grew up as a, uh, not going to church. And we were kind of a sort of a Catholic family. I mean, we were Catholic by name only. Right. Uh, we never went to mass. You know, I never been to a mass and in uh, uh, all my life. The only actual uh, um, Catholic event that I went to was my sister's wedding. Uh, and um, that's the only uh, time I've ever been to any kind of thing like that, you know. And so uh, but. Uh, I always remember knowing the Lord or, or knowing about him and desiring to know him. And I don't know where that uh, desire came from other than, you know, as human beings, all of us have spirits. Right. Uh, and actually, when we get into uh, verse eight, there, pure in heart, we're going to talk about our, about who we are as people that we have spirits. Uh, but we all have spirits and our spirits are created by God. The Bible says that God lights every man that comes into the world in John one nine. Uh, and it also says in the book of Hebrews that he is the father of spirits. So we are a spirit on the inside. We look like God. Amen. Yeah. When, we, when we come into the earth, we're alive unto God. And that's why when when children, when they're when they're babies, they uh, are alive unto God. So if a baby dies, it goes back to heaven. Right. Uh, and if a child dies, it goes back to heaven somewhere along the way. And there's no particular age, but uh, we call it the age of accountability. Some point along the way, a child will decide uh, that um, uh, that it wants to rebel against authority. And it makes a conscious decision. So, you know, when a kid is two or three years old, they're not making a conscious, they're going, oh, you know, that's wrong. I'm doing it anyway. You know, most of the kids are reacting to their environment and things like that. So uh, I'm talking about where they, where they made a willful conscious decision. I know this is wrong and I'm, choose gonna, I'm gonna choose to do it anyway. Whatever age that they have the mental capacity to do that, uh, then that's the age of accountability. And in the moment when they do that, they die spiritually, right? They are separated from God. And God didn't kill them. By their own actions, they chose to separate themselves from God. Uh, and in that, from that point on to the rest of their life, they need to accept the Lord Jesus to get to heaven. Yeah. 
if they choose not to accept the Lord Jesus, then a, a spirit that's not alive doesn't get to go to heaven. Uh, and so God's not sending anybody to hell. He's not punishing people. Uh, we do that out of our own rebellion. And when we choose to receive the Lord Jesus, then our spirits, the Bible says, we get born again. Remember, Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, a man must be born again. And he, we do that by accepting the Lord Jesus. And so, uh, you know, I wanted the Lord because I'm a spirit being, but I didn't, I didn't know how to get him. And through a lot of different circumstances, he led us to, to the state of Tennessee. And, and I was convinced because I watched the Waltons. Anybody watch the Waltons, right? Everybody in the South goes to church, right? And so, you know, uh, and, um, and so I knew, you know, because I lived in a small town in New Hampshire. I never even saw a church. Don't ever remember seeing a church other than we went to another city to where my sister got married to a Catholic church. But in the town that I lived in, I never even, because, uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, eight people lived there or something. In fact, the town was called Ware. It was literally called Ware. So I grew up in a town called Ware. Uh, it wasn't spelled the same there, but, uh, but that's where I was from, where, right? Which means you, uh, it's always like nowhere, right? Uh, and so, uh, so he got us to Tennessee, got to church, and, um, uh, and I, I went to church. Actually, I, got to, I went to church when I came to Tennessee, and uh, uh, it was a vacation Bible school. We were at home during the summer one time, and this van pulls up and said, hey, can we take your kids to church, you know, and take them to vacation Bible school? And it was a miracle. My mom said, yes, because the answer for my mom was always no. I mean, you didn't even ask the question. Before you asked the question, the answer was always no. Uh, and they let us take these strangers, take us to uh, somewhere else. They didn't even know where we were going. You know, they had no, there was no cell phones. And, you know, I didn't know how to contact my mom. You know, I mean, it's amazing. You know, now you would never do that. Don't ever do that, right? Some strange van pulls up. Hey, can we take your kids away for an hour? The answer is no, right? The answer should always be no. But they, she said yes. And I went to church and it was terrible and it was boring. You know, nobody asked me to get saved. Nobody asked me if I want to know Jesus. Nobody, you know, they preached at us. You know, I'm 12 years old. They preached at me for an hour and then I left. We didn't play any games. We didn't do anything, you know. And I suspect to know what kind of church it was. I won't say it. But uh, uh, and so um, and I thought, well, that's it. I've been to church when I was 12. I guess I'm never going back because I assumed that every church was exactly the same. Right. Uh, and that there was nothing to learn and, and there was no way to know God and. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you make that decision when you're 12, that's tough, right, to overcome that. Uh, and so, uh, but then somewhere along the way, we, I was watching TV one Sunday morning, you know, between uh, the Three Stooges, you know, and, and Bugs Bunny, uh, there was usually a church service of some kind. And so, you know, and they were on every channel, all three channels, right? Remember the three channels, right? Oh, yeah. It's a two and four and five or something like that. So you had three channels you can watch everything on, you know, and uh, actually, it was usually the Three Stooges and then church services and then pro wrestling, right? Because wrestling is real. Uh, and so we were, we were big pro wrestlers, right? Watching pro wrestlers, right? And so, and so somewhere, in the, so some man said, here's how to get saved. Accept the Lord Jesus. And I, well, I can do that, you know. And, and uh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to find out from the Lord who that was. And I'm going to go thank him. Uh, so I went up in my, in, my, in my room and I got saved. Just went up and prayed the prayer that he told me to pray. Lord, you know, I accept you as my savior. And I got saved. And I knew I was saved. I, I was changed on the inside. In fact, my mom, uh, within a month or so, she said, something's different about you. And I didn't know how to explain it to people. I didn't know what it was because I hadn't gone to church. And in fact, I was witnessing to my sister one time. I said, you need to get saved. And she said, saved from what? And I said, I don't know. That's just what you say. You're supposed to get saved, right? And I can tell you now, you know, if you've got an hour or two or five hours, I can tell you a lot of details about what you get saved from. Uh, but I, I couldn't, I didn't know that's what you're supposed to say. Get saved, right? Uh, and so uh, it just means to accept the Lord Jesus. So I accepted the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, and so, you know, from that, so I'm 15 years old now. And uh, my, my dad had already died just a few months before that. And a few months after that, my mother died. And so I was an orphan when I was 15. 
And then I, I moved in with a family a couple months after that and started high school. Uh, and, you know, you kind of fast forward about a year. So I've been saved about the time I was 16. I've been, been saved for about a year. Uh, and, and after having been saved for an entire year now, right? So I was a whole year. You know, I was just kind of talking to the Lord about just my life with him, my entire one year of life with the Lord, you know, and reflecting on how it just seemed like I didn't desire him the way that I should. Uh, now, now, this is all just between me and the Lord. Uh, but after a whole year, right, been, been saved for a whole year uh, when I was 16, uh, I just rededicated my life. Just me and him, I just rededicated my life. I said, Lord, you know, uh, this is real and I know it's real, but I just have not hungered and thirsted after you like I should have. Amen. Uh, and so I told somebody I got saved again, which, of course, technically is not true uh, because I didn't know anything because I hadn't done anything in the year that I've been saved other than just glad that I was saved. Uh, but I had started going to church uh, about that time. And and um, uh, and so uh, the, the whole point of that discussion uh, was after being saved for a year, I decided, you know, I really don't hunger and thirst after the Lord like I like I should, like I know I should. Uh, and so really from that point on, I started hungering and thirsting after the Lord. Uh, and, you know, I started buying books and I started buying, you know, uh, concordances and Greek dictionaries and, you know, all these things. And, I, and my assumption was when I was 16 that all Christians did that. They, they read all these books and they, they had big, strong concordances and Naves topical Bibles and, you know, uh, um, uh, Vines uh, expository dictionary of New Testament words. You guys all bought those when you're 16, right? Uh, and you had a whole library of, of Bible books, you know, uh, and, and uh, I did. I, when I was from 16 on, I started buying all this, started reading. All, and I just assumed, I just thought it was normal. I didn't know that it was not normal. In fact, somebody said, well, you're not normal. And, and uh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, and so, but, but the reason why I did all those things is because I hungered after the Lord. I desired to know who he was. I didn't know who he was, but I wanted to know who he was. And I knew that he could be found in the word of God, that by reading the word of God and studying the word of God and reading after all these books and watching all these shows. And, you know, I was the uh, 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 anybody remember Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International? It's like really long. Uh, uh, but back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s, it was one of the most uh, important uh, non-church organizations really in the world. Uh, and uh, it really helped a lot of people get to know the Lord. And it was really about the time when the charismatic uh, move came into the church. But. Anyway, so I, I was uh, 17 years old. I was part of the, I wasn't a man or a business person, but I was a member of the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. Had a little pen, right? You required to buy law to have a pen. I was a member of the Seven Club. Remember, remember the Seven Club? Uh, you know, Pat Robertson, he's, now, what, 150 years old now? Uh, but um, uh, I was a member of the Seven Hundred Club, had my Seven Hundred Club pin on there, you know, and, uh, and, um, uh, and, uh, and I did all those things because I wanted to know who the Lord was. And over the years, I, I started finding out who he was. Uh, he, he did exactly what he said that he would do, that I, I hungered and thirsted after righteousness, and I was filled. He showed me who he was. He filled me with who he was. He, uh, he gave me the understanding of who he is. Uh, and, and, you know, that's 50, I was 15 years old when I got saved, so, you know, I'm 57 years old now, so what is that, 42 years old, 42 years I've been walking with the Lord, serving the Lord, uh, and, and don't regret a day. Not a minute, not a second that I think, wow, I just wish I could have done something different. In fact, I wish I'd have done more you know, over the years and gotten to know him even more than I know him. Uh, and so so my job is to hunger and thirst after him. But it was a choice. You know, I'd only been saved a year and I, and I knew my choice, my, my prior entire year before that, you know, as a 15 year old child in high school, wasn't hungering and thirsting 
after the Lord like I should. And so I just made a decision. I'm going to do this, Lord. And as I did that, he would, you know, the Bible says, if you'll draw near to the Lord, he'll draw near to you. Well, that's what happens when you draw near to the Lord because you hunger after him and desire to know him. He will draw near to you. And, and is there any is there any uh, loophole in here like hunger and thirst after him? Well, unless you're not perfect. Right. Uh, if you're not perfect, it doesn't work. Uh, uh, any perfect people in here? Uh, I know some people, anybody who thinks they're perfect. Right. You don't have to raise your hand. I, you know, I'm not saying I, in this crowd, I, I think we're good. I don't think we know. I don't know anybody who thinks they're perfect. Right. But we all all of us know people who think they're perfect. Right. I ain't never done nothing wrong. It's like, would you like a list? I, you know, there was a fellow I knew. He was on his deathbed. Uh, you know, he was dying. He had terminal, had terminal cancer. He was dying. And I've known him for years. Uh, and, and a friend, a pastor friend of mine and I went to go visit him. Uh, and, and so the pastor friend of mine said, uh, is there anything that you need to repent of, you know, before you die? Just, you know, just to get things cleared, right? Because, you know, you're saved. You still go to heaven even if, you, if you're not lived a perfect life. Uh, and so, you know, that's another discussion. But, but he said, just, you know, just check it out because, you know, if you if you know if you know you got sin, go ahead and repent of them, right? And so he said, anything you need to repent of. And, and, and the guy, he's terminal, right? He goes, No, I don't think so. And, and on the inside of me, I'm like, uh, I've got a list of things that I you've done to me over the years that you have never repented of, you know. And and of course, I didn't say anything, but I wanted it. You ever wanted to say something you don't anyway? Uh, uh, because. What do you mean you don't have anything to, to repent of? You've got a long list of things to repent of. Uh, but see, uh, he's not saying that you've got to be perfect to desire him. In fact, that's when you need to desire him the more, when you're not perfect. Uh, you know, uh, when, when I started reading the word of God, part of why I started to desire him more is I began to see the person I could be. I didn't like the person I was. You know, I grew up, you know, uh, just like, no, I wasn't unusual. I was just normal kid. You know, you fight some in school and, you know. Uh, and uh, I know Nancy, you never went to fight in school, right? Though, right? Uh, I, I mean, I, first day of first grade, I was in a fight at school, right? And I, you told you the story there. Uh, and uh, some third grader decided he wanted my pencil, you know, and he didn't know me, but I'm the youngest of 11. So, you know, I've been through boot camp and, you know, uh, uh, training and, and survival training for a lot of years, being the youngest of 11. Uh, and some third grader went, no, you're not getting my pencil. And he left without my pencil, by the way. And so, uh, and, and I don't know who the third grader was, but... Um, but, you know, kind of normal, I think normal, you know, uh, I, that assumes other people did that. Uh, but, you know, just fighting every now and then and, you know, just being angry every now and then, you know, throwing a fit every now and then, just kind of a normal growing up, you know, as a, as a child. But when I got saved and started reading this word, I realized, you know, the Lord, uh, just like we read in James chapter one, counted all joy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Lord, I can live in all joy every day of my life, all joy. Uh, well, you know, I want that. Don't you want that? You know, people say, they, I want that. Well, are you willing to thirst? Well, uh, I want that. Can he just give it to me with no effort on my part? It doesn't really work that way, right? I mean, you're, you're not earning it, but there's work that you've got to do, right? Uh, uh, and so uh, he said to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Uh, and so I started doing that. Lord, I, I want to be this person. I want to be the person that you, that you show me that I can be. Happy all the time, healthy all the time, uh, and just... Uh, just at peace all the time, you know, live, living the Old Testament even says that we can live uh, uh, in days of heaven upon the earth. Jesus said, uh, uh, thy will be done on earth as it is where in heaven. So Jesus himself said in Mark in Matthew chapter six, in fact, that's part of the, the Sermon on the Mount, that we have the ability to live uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, as I was reading the word of God, I, Lord, I want that. Don't you want that? 
See, but you can only get it if you hunger and thirst after it. You don't get it just, well, that'd be nice, you know. Uh, you know, it'd be okay. Any effort on my part? Yeah, there's a little effort. Well, if there's, if there's any effort, I, it sounds like too much work. Well, it, it's a whole lot more work to just die uh, and do nothing and die than it is to put a little effort and get the blessings of the Lord. Amen. Uh, in my opinion right now, you, you know, you may have a different opinion, right? Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, and we all know people that, that seem to love misery. You ever know people just seem to, if they're not happy, I mean, if they are happy, they go and do something to mess it up. You ever know people that way? It can't be happy for more than 24 hours of time because it's like, if it's like 25 hours, they'll go, you know, stick their thumb in somebody's eyeball just to, just to get somebody mad at them. Okay, now I'm happy, you know. Now I'm, you know, uh, uh, and it just, I, I don't understand folks like that. I want to be full of peace all the time. I want to be full of joy all the time. Uh, and he said that my job is to hunger and thirst, have a desire, right? Uh, you know, we, we've all had kids. We've all been kids. I, I know we come in the house and, Mom, I'm starving, right? And, you know, uh, I would tell you, were really not starving. I mean, you know, I mean, you may be hungry. You're not eating like in like minutes, right? Uh, but you are guaranteed you're not starving. Uh, no, but, you know, we, we think we are. Uh, and, and because of that, we have such a strong desire for food. We want to be fed. We want to, we want food. And we remember the Old Testament story, right, with Jacob and Esau. You remember Esau was the older one, and by, by law, by the, by the Jewish law, he was the one who had the birthright. He was supposed to inherit uh, the majority of what his, what his father, uh, 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 Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what uh, uh, Isaac uh, was supposed to give to him. And, uh, and he, was, he was in line to do that. But he was a hunter and he liked going outside and doing things. And Jacob was, you know, he was a bookworm, I guess. And uh, he didn't like all that dirt out there and smell like nature. And, you know, he didn't like all that stuff. And, but Esau did. And so Esau would go out and work hard. You know, when you work hard, you work up an appetite. You know, you don't work hard. You just, you, I mean, you may still eat a lot, but, you know, you're just not really because you're hungry. It's because it's there. Uh, well, Jake, uh, Esau was, he was out doing things. And so he'd come in and just, I'm starving. And so Jacob figured this out, that this man has a strong desire, a strong uh, urge for something, for food in that particular case. And so he took advantage of that. And so Jacob, because Jacob was wily, you know, it's amazing. He's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? So it should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, but it, it ended up being Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because Jacob, I mean, he, he, he wanted what he wanted. And he didn't care what he had to do to get it. And it, what's amazing is we still survived. Amen. What's amazing is Jesus still made it to the earth with all these crooks and thieves and stuff. Uh, so Jacob figured out, well, Esau comes in every day. I'm starving. And so he comes in and Jacob was with his mom, right? He was kind of a, a mama's boy. And, uh, and so uh, J- Esau comes in and Jacob goes, well, tell you what, if you give me your birthright, you know, the, the right of passage from, uh, from dad, right? From Isaac. Uh, if you give that to me, if you, if you say that I can have it, I'll give you a bowl of porridge. And, I, and I've always wondered, how is that any kind of a deal? I mean, porridge doesn't even sound good, right? I don't even know what, anybody know what porridge is. It's like, to me, it's like wet oatmeal. I don't even know what it is, right? But whatever it is, it doesn't sound super good. Uh, but because of Esau's hunger, because he had such a strong desire for, to be fed and to be satisfied, he made the deal. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that deal. For a single, now, you know, if it was like a seven-course meal, right, with dessert, you know, maybe some chocolate cake or something, you know, some sweet tea or whatever, okay, fine. But it was a single bowl of porridge and, and, uh, uh, you know, maybe he thought that Jacob wouldn't hold him to it or whatever, but, uh, but he made the deal because of his hunger. And, and he traded everything for a, a bowl of uh, wet oatmeal. Uh, and, and, and so Jacob 
See, Jacob was, was hungry and thirsty after the birthright. And Esau was hungry and thirsty after a bowl of porridge. And so Jacob got the better end of the deal, right? It was kind of sneaky and underhanded the way he went about doing it, but, uh, uh, but they both got what they wanted. Uh, and the only one who had a regret was Esau after that. Amen. Uh, and, but that's the kind of hunger and thirst that we have to develop in our lives, that, that hunger that it can only be satisfied by the Lord. You know, when you can be easily satisfied by everything in the world except for the Lord, then you're going to miss out on this blessing, right? You're going to miss out on, on you know, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, and uh, unless you're hungry for that, you know, you'll never desire it. it unless you're hungry for that, des- uh, and we're going to talk just a minute here about what it means to be hungry and thirsty, specifically for righteousness sake. But in general, it just means hungry and thirsty for the Lord. I desire the Lord. I desire to know who he is. I desire to know what he thinks. I desire to know how he operates. I desire to know uh, just... Uh, when I read the word of God, uh, especially in the Gospels, I'm always reading to find out uh, why did Jesus do these things? How did he operate? Uh, and, and then I, I reflect on my life. You know, do I operate the way the Lord Jesus operated? You know, one of the things that, that I see, Jesus was the, I mean, he was the creator of the universe, right? On the earth, he created everything that, that we see. The Bible says that all things were created by him. And so he's on the earth as the creator uh, and he's leading this kind of ragtag group of guys around doing things. And, and all the time they're like, uh, no, Jesus, you're wrong. Uh, no, Jesus, we're going to do this. Now, hey, don't bother Jesus. He never said to tell him, don't bother him. But they would, they would speak for Jesus all the time. And yet Jesus rarely ever said, hey, I'm the boss. Y'all shut up and do what you're told. Uh, he, he rarely ever just, just pulled the Jesus card, right? I'm Jesus. Shut up and do what you're told. Uh, in fact, be, and because of that, they kind of took advantage of him and uh, and yet I see that, uh, that that's the way he led uh, the led people there in the New Testament because he was never afraid of his position. He was never afraid that somebody's going to take his position. He was very comfortable that I'm, I'm the king of kings, and lord of lords, and if you all want to do those stupid things and do those things, well, that's, that's between you and you. But um, he was never in a fear, uh, afraid of his position and losing his position. And I know a lot of people in leadership are often afraid that somebody's going to try and get their position. And because of that, they, they are very uh, demanding and very, you know, uh, don't you dare speak to me that way. And, you know, you be quiet, just do what you're told. And Jesus never was that way. And you learn a lot. You can learn a lot about leadership by learning how Jesus operated. Uh, but what, what he tells us is our job, our responsibility is to desire him in a great and strong way. Uh, and he's going to meet you if you'll do that. But if you don't do that, then he will he will remain on the sidelines in your life for the most part and waiting for you to, to desire him. Uh, and when he said hunger and thirst after righteousness, all he means by that uh, uh, and, uh, is, uh, well, let's, let's turn over to uh, 2 Corinthians because we need to at least know what the word righteousness means. Um, you know, a lot of times um, people think of righteousness as uh, that is my performance, right? Am I good for a whole day at a time, right? Yeah. And people try to use their, their righteousness uh, to earn things from the Lord. Well, Lord, I've been good for a whole day, so you owe me something. And that's really the, the wrong mentality, right? Uh, and so here we are uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and verse 21. It says, for he hath made him, so it's talking about uh, the, he there is God the Father, hath made him, that's Jesus there, for God the Father hath made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin. So did Jesus know any sin? No. Jesus knew no sin, yet God the Father made him to be sin. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't the devil. It wasn't the Romans. It wasn't the Jews. 
It was God the Father made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we, so why did he do that? Uh, for this reason, for this cause. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So by Jesus doing what he did, we have the ability to be righteous. So it's not any, our, our righteousness, and the word righteous means right standing. Uh, what is our standing as, as it concerns the Lord, right? Uh, when the Lord looks at our account, what does he see? What's our standing? Are we in good standing, right? Uh, or are we in bad standing? You know, on occasion, I get people that uh, call you know, the church here and say, hey, uh, uh, we're calling about so-and-so. Uh, they said they were a member of your church. Now, are, they, are they a member in good standing? And, you know, I would encourage you, don't tell somebody to call me unless you want me to tell them the truth, right? Uh, in fact, it's not been, it hasn't been a month ago. Somebody called me and said, hey, so-and-so is going to call you uh, right after we hang up, they're going to call you and, and um, uh, you need to tell them that, that you bring food to my house. And I'm like, well, you know, I think we did once, you know. Uh, and I think, well, yeah, I mean, OK, I mean, that's a really odd thing. But so so we hung up and the other person did really did call. They called and said, hey, um, did you bring food to this person's house today? Well, that wasn't a discussion we had, right? The discussion was, you know, you know, have they ever, have you ever brought food to my house? Well, yeah, I brought food to your house. So I think, I think, you know, and it's even a little iffy, maybe if I actually brought it to your house. I know I gave you food before, but did I bring it to your house? Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe I did, but, um, uh, but for sure I know I gave you food. But did, they said, did you give food to him today? No, I did not give food to them today. <laughs> well, he lied to me. Well, that's not on me, you know. Uh, well, is he a member in good standing? Well, I've not seen him in like two years, you know. In the last three years, I've seen him once, I think. Uh, and, and so, um, you know, but this has been a while, a while back, right? So everybody's like, well, who was it? Who was it? I'm not going to tell you who it was. Uh, and so uh, that's not the point of the discussion. Well, who was it? That, it, it it's irrelevant, right? Uh, and so, but see, so his standing with the church, I'm not mad at him. If he comes back today, I'd love him, you know, no problem. You know, I'm not mad at anybody like that. But, you know, don't call somebody and, uh, in fact, you know, People try to get me to get, be a reference for them for work. Yeah. I had one fella call me up and said, hey, um, I, let, I, I just want to let you know. He didn't ask me. He said, I want to let you know I put you down as a reference. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, that was a mistake. You, you better hope that they don't call me. Because if they call me and say, don't hire this fella. He will not be a good employee because I've known him for years, right? I mean, I liked him. We were, we were sort of friends, but I wouldn't hire him, right? You know? Uh, and uh, there are other people I would hire. It's like, well, we wouldn't hire anybody. I'd hire my wife. You know, she's, she's a great employee, right? Uh, and so, uh, but... Um, uh, but this fellow, no way I'd hire him ever, right? Uh, in fact, another friend of mine called me. Uh, uh, he put me down as a reference, and the guy, uh, the guy, uh, the guy called me up to hi- to the hiring manager. Called me and said, "Hey, uh, what do you think about him?" I said, "Well, he's a great guy." I said, "You know, as long as you make him happy, he'll be a great employee. But if you do anything wrong, he'll just walk out. He'll just walk out." <laughs> I mean, uh, and because he asked me, right? Well, you know, would, would he be a good employee? Well, you know, if as long as you do this right here, he'll be a great employee. Other than that, he's gonna walk out the door. And uh, you know what he did? He walked out the door, right? Uh, he, the guy hired him anyway, and he walked out the door on him. But, uh, but, uh, and so I, I don't, now, look, I don't try to go on him away to, you know, uh, I had another guy call me. Uh, I, I don't know why people, put, why in the world would you put someone down? Because they know that I tell the truth, right? I, you know, and, and one guy called me and said, hey, uh, this guy's uh, applying for a loan. Uh, is he a good employee? A long pause, right? Uh, uh, I said, well, you know, um, I don't know about the, you know, some of the work he's done is good. Well, well, does he show up? You know, I said, well, sometimes he does, you know, uh, and uh, well, would you, would you loan him money? Uh, not in a million years, right? 
And so, uh, see, so, you know, the right standing, but the right standing was on him. Not, you know, not up to me, it's up to him, right? And so, but my right standing with the Lord is there not because of my performance. My right standing with the Lord is because of what Jesus did. And so righteousness is not, am I a good person? Am I, am I going to church? You know, am I, you know, am I, you know, whatever things you got to do to be, look like a good Christian, right? Uh, don't kick the dog, right? You know, pet the cat or whatever you do, right? Uh, the, it, it's not a measure of your performance. It's a measure of your standing with the Lord as far as Jesus is concerned. So as far as Jesus is concerned, we're good with the Lord, right? In fact, uh, uh, I want to read one other verse here. Um, well, it's not one. Of, I'm going to read another verse, you know. I don't, I'm not going to limit how many verses I can read, right? Uh, over in Romans chapter 5. So, I, so, so we, we hunger and thirst uh, after our right standing with the Lord. Uh, and, and really, you know, all of these first four uh, Beatitudes are really uh, kind of summarizing our relationship uh, in getting established with the Lord, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, we still hunger and thirst after the Lord, uh, but I was hungering and thirsting uh, after the Lord's righteousness before I got saved, right? Uh, and then really even after that. Uh, but he said here in, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 10, he says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So he said, when we were enemies. So before we were saved, we were considered enemies of the Lord, right? We wanted to do our thing. We don't want to answer to the Lord. We want to do what we wanted to do. And, and nobody tell us what to, what to do. And, and that's pretty much the world's desire today, right? They want to do what they want to do and not be told what to do, which is fine until someday they stand before the Lord Jesus and they'll be told what to do. And, and they'll be like, well, I don't want to be told what to do. Well, you know, at that point, you don't get really a chance, right? You don't, you don't get a choice. Uh, that's another whole discussion. Uh, but he said here that when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. So the word reconciled means restored fully to favor. So all of us, in fact, right now, the whole world has been reconciled to the Lord. As far as God is concerned, the issues that the world has with him, he's dealt with them. He went to the cross. He shed blood. He died on the cross. He's not going to ever going to do that again, is he? So as far as God is concerned, there's no issue between him and man. Now, on man's side, we have to choose to accept that, right? That's the whole, that's the whole deal. That's the deal that the Lord left the earth when he, when he finished the work on the cross. He said, here's the deal. I've died. As far as I'm concerned, all my side is done. All you got to do is sign on the dotted line. That's it, really. I mean, that's as far as getting saved. All you got to do is accept Jesus, right? You don't have to earn it. You don't have to be good. Well, I got to go straighten out my life. That's a waste of time. That's never going to work. Uh, all you really have to do to get saved is just sign on the, the Lord. I, I accept everything you did, right? He did all the work. He wrote this entire contract. There's, you know, six, six books in a contract. It's a long contract, right? And, and um, uh, you know, I encourage you, don't read the whole Bible before you decide to get saved. Just decide to get saved, right? Because you're going to be one of these people who goes by his house and reads all the stuff, right? You ever read all the paperwork when you go buy a house? Nobody reads all the paperwork. I mean, they could ask for your dog, for your firstborn male child. You don't even know, right? They're going to they, they put whatever they want to in those paperwork, and, and, you, and you say, oh, yeah, I'll do that, whatever it says, right? Uh, and so, uh, so Jesus, uh, he said he reconciled, he restored the whole world favor to him because of what Jesus did. That's our standing with the Lord. Our right standing with the Lord is because he did all this work. He removed the issue of sin. He removed the issue of rebellion. He removed the issue of all that stuff. And then he, he, and he handed the contract to us and said, you know, really all you got to do is sign. That's all you got to just, you, you don't have to sign. Just, you know, you, uh, it's all digital now. You just get a little arrow to sign here. And now, you know, whenever I do stuff, I just sign, you know. I, sometimes I'll read it if it's like a, a page, but if it's like a page and a half. It's like, oh. 
you know, I mean, a page, I'll read a page. You get more than that, it's like, it's, it's, it's exhausting. I'm not going to read all that stuff, right? I'm going to assume that it's all, all okay, right? Uh, and, I mean, if, if I need to, I'll, I don't care to read it. If it's something new, I'll tend to read a lot of it, you know. Uh, anybody read the Supreme Court, uh, the, the, the thing that, uh, the, for the Roe v. Roe, Roe v. Wade, right? Uh, it's, it, uh, you go read it online. It's, like, it's only 95 pages long. You'll read it, you know. It's actually pretty interesting if you want to read it all. Uh, and so, but right now, see, we are restored fully to favor with the Lord. And all we've got to do is to sign on the dotted line to accept it. And that's the whole world right now. Every single person in the world, they're one step away from salvation. They're not a thousand miles. Sometimes the church acts like the world is a thousand miles. There's no way you'd get saved. No, they're, they're an inch away. I mean, they're one signature away from, from being saved. Every single person in the world. Uh, and, and what we've got to do is we've got to desire to, to have that right standing with the Lord. Lord, I desire to have that relationship with you more than anything else. And the Lord said, if you'll do that, he said, I'll take care of it. I'll, I'll be glad to do that. But, but my responsibility is to desire him. My responsibility is to long after him. Uh, and so much of the time in the church, we long after things. And, you know, does the Lord care that we have things? The Lord surely could not care that we have things because he made everything. He made the earth and everything we have comes from the earth, doesn't it? Right. There's nothing that we have that didn't come from the earth. Right. Uh, and so everything we have came. So he's OK with us having things. There's nothing wrong with having things ever. Uh, but sometimes our things consume our lives. Amen. And we well, we we have things at the expense of the Lord. Uh, and so we in all of our lives, we have to find that balance. Right. With well, Lord, how much do I long after this versus longing after you? Right. Uh, and there, is there any law? There's no law. You've got to find that path for yourself. The Bible says to work out your own salvation, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, and you'll know. It, you, you'll know, Lord, you know, I've really spent a lot of time doing this thing, whatever this thing is, right? Uh, and and uh, to the detriment of you. Uh, and the Lord will be like, well, you, maybe you should adjust that, right? That's what I did when I was 16 years old, right? Uh, I spent my whole first year of salvation at 15 years old, enjoying being saved and, you know, going to church, but not really hungering after him. Uh, and... Um, after spending the entire 12 months, you know, not, not living like I should as a Christian, I decided to change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I say that because to me it sounds funny that, you know, I, I rededicated my life after being saved a whole year, right? Uh, but I did. That's what I did. Uh, and, and so, but, you know, uh, what I have found uh, in all of these years in serving the Lord is anytime I make a, a significant choice and decision with the Lord and, and, and have a, a step of faith, those things are often long-lasting in their, in their value. Long-lasting. You know, I've told you story after story of the things where uh, the Lord has healed me of different things. And, and I'll get into faith about some, some event or circumstance. Uh, you know, I told you when, I, when we got married about uh, not sleeping well. Uh, and, uh, and spent, you know, about 20 years not sleeping well growing up, right? From six years old to about 26 years old, not sleeping well. And the Lord said, go find out what the Word says. And I, uh, and I got two verses in the, in the Bible, uh, in Psalm 126 and in, and in Proverbs uh, chapter 13, I think, if you want them, I can find them for you. Uh, but just started confessing those verses, and within, like within two weeks, started sleeping well, and, and I have slept well. Uh, you know, that was 20, 26 years, of, or 20 years of my life, right? So it's been longer than that that I've, that I've slept well uh, with that faith. Uh, and what I found is when you will do uh, some uh, action of faith, a sincere, real action, of it, it results in long-lasting benefits to you. I sleep great every single night. 
Uh, every, I sleep well every night. And it doesn't matter what the circumstances, I sleep well every night. Uh, and I've done that for decades. Uh, and I've uh, been healed for things that I applied faith to. Uh, you know, I told you in, in October of 1997, I had strep throat. And, and I had had it for years, off and on, you know, two or three times a year. And went to the Lord about it and, and found the faith, the path of faith, the path of victory of what the Lord said, here's what to do about that. And I've not had strep throat since October of 1997. Uh, and, you know, I don't have headaches and I don't have indigestion. I don't have, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, I don't have any prescription medication that I take. And, and I'm, you know, whatever you do, whatever in your life, you know, I'm not trying to just do uh, to uh, say anything against anybody else. I'm telling my life when I find these things, they're long lasting. They, I'll go for the rest of my life with no headaches. I'll go through the rest of my life with no indigestion and go through the rest of my life with no problems of sleeping and no problems with anything uh, uh, because the Lord is good. And and what you'll find is, is he will satisfy you if you'll hunger after him. If you desire these things uh, uh, and it's not like I can't go and and enjoy life. I enjoy life to the fullest. I enjoy my life. I enjoy uh, my family. I enjoy going places and doing things and having things. Uh, But I also hunger and thirst after the Lord. Uh, There's a, there's just a hunger in me to know more of God every day. To know more who he is. Uh, and, and if you'll cultivate that and develop that in your life, it'll get stronger and stronger. You know, it's not gotten weaker. Uh, you, know, my, my, you know, I've been saved now for all these years, for, for 42 years. And, and I'm just as hungry for the Lord today as I was 42 years ago. And really, in fact, in a lot of ways, I'm more hungry for him now than I was then because I know more. And I think, well, Lord, uh, now that I know you this much, I realize how much I don't know about you. You know, I didn't even know what I didn't know back then. But now I know that there's so much more I don't know. Yeah. And I think, well, Lord, I, you know, I've got to live to be forever because I've got to, I've got to learn these things, find out these things and, and find out how these things work and operate and how your word uh, can be effective in my life. Uh, and, but that becomes about because of hunger and thirsting. So, uh, you know, a lot of people, as they grow with the Lord, you know, they kind of, they fade away from the Lord. And that's just, you know, it's, it's not... It's not always because of sin. They're terrible people. It's just, you know, they lost that hunger for the Lord. And, you know, it's okay. You know, I mean, so, you know, it's, it's you know, it's fine having the Lord. It's okay if you don't have the Lord. I, I couldn't make it without him. You know, I talk to him every day. I spend time with him every day. I pray every day uh, to the Lord. Just, uh, he's my friend. Uh, uh, I, you know, I talk to him. I get up in the middle of the night. I'll, I'll talk to him. About, you know, if I wake up about something, I'll talk about things. And uh, he's such a big part of my life. And, you know, and that's perfectly OK. Sometimes in the church, well, you know, you don't want to act too religious, you know. I don't even know what that means. Right. I don't think I act religious, but uh, but I'm not going to act like a heathen to make people comfortable. Right. Uh, and uh, and I think most people are comfortable around me, you know, unless they have no no sense of humor. Now, if they have no sense of humor, they won't like me at all. Right. Uh, I told you about uh, we, uh, me and, and Paige were at the were at the KFC one time and and uh, I gave the, the, the girl, the cashier, my money. And she held up my money, you know, uh, and, and and she gave me the change back. So I held her change up, make sure it was real. And she didn't think it was funny at all. I thought it was funny. I still think it's funny, you know, after all these years. I still, and that's why I keep telling the story. Guys think it's funny, you know. And, and she just, she still hates me, I think, for that <laughs> statement there, right? You know, you hear it. It's like, wow, you know. Uh, and so there's some people that I won't get along with because they have no sense of humor. But, uh, and so, uh, but I wanted to read uh, this uh, uh, Matthew 5, 6 in a, in a and some other translations there. You know, we read the King James, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. 
Uh, the Amplified says, Blessed and joyful and nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. Those persons who have an appetite for whatever is right will be blessed because they will be satisfied. Happiness comes from longing to do what is right. You know, it's okay to long to do what is right. You know, it's perfectly fine to want to do what's right, you know. Oh, you're one of those, you know, all stuffy Christians, you know. No, uh, I am not a stuffy Christian, but I long to do what is right. Those who do right will have an inner satisfaction that nothing else can uh, can give. Uh, And so uh, this one says, happy are the people who want to obey God as much as they want to eat food. Well, is that equal to you? Uh, you know, for Esau, it wasn't right for Esau. It's like a bowl of porridge or the Lord's birthright. Uh, a porridge, you know, I mean, who makes that deal? Right. Uh, you, know, I, you know, we look back. It's easy for us in the cheap seats to go. I, I would never make that deal. Right. Uh, but uh, it doesn't it does amaze me that he made that particular deal. Right. Uh, but he said, uh, happy are the people who want to obey God as much as they want to eat food. God will give to them everything that they need. Uh, one translation says, Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be completely satisfied. And the last one says, uh, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. Uh, And so, you know, now when I read these things, I believe every one of these things. Uh, you know, I don't believe that. Well, you know, it's fine. It doesn't matter whether you believe it. It's still true, right? Oh, yes, I 100% believe every one of these uh, yeah, statements. They're yeah, just different yeah. ways of saying the exact same thing. That because I hunger, I'm going to be satisfied in my life. You know, a lot of people go through life. They're just, just not satisfied. They're not happy about their life. They're not satisfied. And a lot of it's get to the root cause of they're not hungering and thirsting for, for the Lord. Amen. Uh, and so your hunger and thirst is a, is a great and strong desire. Amen. Uh, and uh, the nice thing is you can choose anytime you want to. Well, I'm going to work on it. It's not really working on it. It's really you just choose. Lord, I'm going to do it, right? A lot of people, you know, they say, well, you know, and I've talked to people, well, you need to forgive so-and-so. Well, I'm working on it. No, you're not. It's just a choice, right? Do you want fries with that? Is that a choice? You got to go and and talk to a counselor and get therapy before you choose to have fries with that or not? No, nobody goes to therapy for fries, right? Uh, It's just a choice. You can choose to be hunger to be hungry and thirst after the Lord anytime you want to. And when you do that, you'll find that that hunger and thirst will get will grow and the Lord will satisfy you more every day. But that hunger and thirst will remain. It's remained with me for all these years and I don't ever see it ever dissipating. You know, I don't think, well, Lord, you know, I just don't seem I don't don't seem to be as hungry after you. I'm more hungry for them every day. Amen. Uh, And so let's pray and thank the Lord for for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for your word. And Father, you said that if we would choose to, to, hungry, to be hungry and thirst after you. So Father, first of all, it's my choice. And Lord, I just, as an act of my will, I choose to tell you, Father, that I, that I desire you. I'm hungry after you. I'm thirsty after you, Father. I want more of you in my life, Father. I want to be the person that your word says that I can be, Father. I want to know you the way your word says I can know you. Father, I see stories of, of people like Moses and people like Paul who knew you intimately, Father, knew everything about you. Father, I want to know you like they knew them, like they knew you, Father. And Lord, I can do that if I choose to be hungry and thirsty after you. To, for my right standing with you, Father, my re- relationship with you, 
I choose and desire, Father, for that to grow stronger in my life each and every day. And Lord, I know that because I do what your word says, that you'll do what your word says. That, that if I do what you said to be hungry and thirsty for you, that you said that I would be satisfied. And so, Father, I thank you that I am blessed and I'm satisfied because I do what your word says. I choose to believe that it's so, Father. And in my life, Father, I have found it to be so. It's not just theory, Father. I've walked it all these years and found it to be so, that you will always do exactly what you said you'd do. And so, Father, I thank you for that and give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Uh, can we choose to be hungry and thirsty for the Lord? Yes. Uh, to me, that... Uh, and I don't remember when I figured that along the way in studying, studying the Word, uh, but what I have found over the years in studying the Word, that pretty much every promise that the Lord gives, there's always a God side and a man side. And God says, if you'll do this, I will do that. Uh, and so he always puts a, a prerequisite on us. We're not earning it. We're just being obedient. Amen. Uh, and so because the earning part was already done by the Lord Jesus. Uh, but the but the um, but the obedience part is on our side. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we, we uh, he's always been a man of his word. Amen. And so let's let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings and uh, you know, I want to tell you all, I appreciate y'all's faithfulness in giving. Y'all are, are good, uh, faithful givers to the Lord. And uh, we appreciate that. Amen. Uh, and um, um, uh, the folks that are watching us online, you know, you're welcome to give as well. You can go to our website. That's uh, linked to it from the video. And you can do that. And um, we don't beg and uh, cry for, for money. You know, that's between you and the Lord. Amen. Well, I ain't going to give. Well, that's fine. You know, I mean, I won't lose a wink of sleep, you know. <laughs> Uh, and and um, uh, that's between you and the Lord, Amen. And that way, it's easy, right? I don't have to beg you and coerce you out of it, and and uh, and lie to you. If you don't give, we're going to go under. No, if you don't give, I'm going to go over, Amen. Uh, and so, but you all are good givers, and so there's never a problem with that. Uh, so come ahead, Mr. Jared, and um, uh, if you want to, after we uh, get done with the service, we'll go and check out the the paint color in the building, and. Um, uh, and uh, I think they're going to be laying floor on Monday. So once they start laying floor. Things will start accelerating, right? So uh, it's been, uh, 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 I think we started on April 1st, right? And it's supposed to be, I think it was originally supposed to get done by like April 15th, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but that started before April 1st, right? So he was supposed to start. So, uh, but, you know, things happen, you know, it just takes, you know, it just, it's just life, right? Uh, thing. I mean, I've been working on one building for a long time, you know, but it's going to get done, right? Uh, i got faith it's going to get done, right? It's not gotten done yet, but it's going to get done. You just watch and see, right? So, all right, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and you're dismissed.